Welcome everyone to the Lo-Fi poli Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pickering. That's right, Lo-Fi's and Lo-Fidelity, low-quality, in-your-face, messy-as-can-be global news show. Here we're going to talk about that famous question, what's going on in the world today? We'll be covering five headlines from across the globe and then choose one to go into a more detailed analysis. And buckle up, Lo-Fi listeners. Sit back and relax. It's a bit of a longer one today. We have much to discuss. It's Thursday, everyone, meaning it's Thursday's feature on Reporters Without Borders and media freedom across the globe. Today, for our third story, we're focusing on Venezuela. But first, the news, fresh off the press. Source, Reuters World News. Two connected stories. Story one, Trump says China wants him to lose his bid for re-election. Story two, China says it has no interest in meddling in U.S. election. That's right, Lo-Fi Nation, it's getting close to election season. So let the mudslinging begin. Footnote, Spellcheck just notified me that mudslinging was in fact one word, not two. Thank you, Spellcheck, which is also one word. As the U.S. executive branch has stepped up its criticism of the WHO bias towards China, as well as China's handling of the current situation, as well as the U.S.-China trade war, the U.S. administration is now stating China wants the president to lose in November. The implications. China's response is that it has no interest in U.S. domestic politics and hopes the U.S. will keep them out of the election. At the same time, the U.S. regularly verbally interferes and supports Hong Kong protesters against the Beijing government. It is not surprising that the two largest economies on the planet battle for global dominance in any and every arena there is, including the South China Sea dispute, which we've talked about before. We'll be watching all these developments as they progress. Side note, lo-fi listeners. Technically, the European Union is the second largest economy in the world, as they are considered a single market. But most lists do not include this data because the EU is not a single country. Next up, source, Washington Post, America section. Brazil's Supreme Court authorizes investigation of Bolsonaro. This news comes after the Justice Minister of the government resigned last week claiming that President Bolsonaro had fired the nation's police commander in order to put someone in place that would provide him with classified information and perform duties that were not generally espoused to the position. The implications. This corruption probe comes after the president campaigned on and won on an anti-corruption platform, promising to break away from the legacy of corruption that plagued the country's top political position for years. The previous two presidents of Brazil have been removed from office and or convicted of corruption charges. Bolsonaro would make the third straight president if he were found guilty. While we may see this as a blemish on Brazil's democracy, in truth, the ability of a democracy to hold a politician accountable and remove them from office when convicted of political corruption is at the very heart and the highest standards of the rule of law. The idea that in a democracy, all people are equal and subject to the law. No one is immune. And now it's time for Thursday's feature on Reporters Without Borders, focusing on Venezuela. Geography lesson, Lo-Fi Nation. Venezuela is bordered by the Caribbean Sea to the north, Guyana to the east, Brazil to the south, and Colombia to the west. In 2014, Venezuela had a World Bank recorded GDP per capita of just over, whoa, 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 wait there a second. 2014 GDP per capita? What's the deal with six-year-old economic data, you may ask? And you'd be right to ask, lo-fi listeners. This is a great lesson to learn early on about looking at data and finding data across the globe. You can quite easily find estimates of Venezuela's GDP per capita for 2019, but the fact that they are estimates and the World Bank's most recent entry for the country is 2014, indicates that the Venezuelan government has not been providing the proper data to calculate its GDP per capita accurately enough to meet World Bank standards. This is not a Venezuela-specific issue. 
Many countries do not record different statistics for a host of reasons, which we'll continue to discuss as we move across the globe. But for now, back to Reporters Without Borders. Let's remember that Reporters Without Borders ranks 180 countries and territories by level of media freedoms in the country, both constitutionally and in practice. And in 2019, Venezuela came in at 147 out of 180 countries and territories across the globe, moving up one spot from 2018. Below it, at 148, is Honduras, and above it, at 146, is Algeria. To quote Reporters Without Borders, they have registered a record number of arbitrary arrests and violence against reporters by the police and intelligence services. The National Telecommunications Commission strips overly critical radio and TV stations of broadcast frequencies and coordinates ad hoc internet cuts or social media blocking. Foreign reporters are often arrested, questioned, and deported. Many Venezuelan journalists have fled the country since 2018 because of the threat and physical dangers. End quote. Reporters Without Borders goes on with their description, but you get the picture. Venezuela is one of the least free countries as far as media freedoms in the world, with only 33 ranked countries below it. Now that President Maduro has a $15 million price tag on him from the U.S. Justice Department, it'll be interesting to see how things develop further in the country. We'll be watching, Venezuela. And now it's time for our headline in the spotlight segment. Source, BBC News, Asia. India rejects scathing U.S. religious freedom report as bias. This is an extremely important story for us today, as we here at Lo-Fi Nation have been talking a lot about reports, top 10 lists, data, and interpreting all of these things in a meaningful way while trying to remain unbiased in our interpretations. The story. The United States Commission on International Religious Freedoms stated in its report that India, mentioning specifically its new citizenship law and Hindu nationalist governing party, are among the rankings of North Korea and China as far as religious freedoms go. India defended itself by calling the commission biased, and further states that the commission misunderstands the political climate in the country. Critics of the report question, how can you put the world's largest democracy by population in the same category as the most repressive regimes on earth, such as North Korea and China? The background and the implications of this story. Let's talk about bias in this report on religious freedom. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom is a U.S. government agency that provides policy suggestions to the government based on its survey of religious freedoms across the globe. The president, with the counseling of Congress, chooses who's on the commission. At the moment, the commission does have charges of conservative Christian bias put forth against it from within the United States. That being said, the Citizenship Amendment Act of India is quite worrisome for Muslim minorities in the India. We're still waiting to see the full implications of this law as it comes into practice. What's important to state is that all news, all surveys, and interpretations of data all have a certain level of bias inherently in them. Even starting from the first question we ask, the way we choose to word the question holds bias and can, and in many cases does, elicit a particular set of responses. The fact that we here at Lo-Fi PoliSci chose to do our first top 10 list on happiest countries is a biased decision to the extent that it considered it an important list to include. The fact that we choose GDP per capita as a relevant indicator to provide economic analysis before other segments is a biased decision. The fact that Lo-Fi PoliSci chooses Freedom House, Reporters Without Borders, and Transparency International to do segments on is inherently biased towards measuring variables in countries via the standards of democracy. The fact that I choose to focus on stories across the globe that don't focus on COVID-19 is bias on my own, built on the predication that the people should hear about what's going on in the world today instead of only focusing on one specific issue at this moment in time. The point, Lo-Fi Nation, is that there will always be bias. 
but that doesn't mean our data, findings, or conclusions are irrelevant. What it does mean is that we have to be upfront about how we come to our conclusions, so that when asked about them, we can explain in a way that people can understand how we form our ideas and how we form our ideas about how the world works. We do not have to agree with, people do not have to agree with our conclusions, but they should be able to see it in a transparent fashion, how we came to them. It is when bias is hidden from our eyes that we need to be concerned. It's when bias is honest and open that we can communicate with each other and have a truly meaningful conversation. And a last piece of news to take things down a notch and send us on our way on this wonderful Thursday. Source, BBC News, Science. Crazy beast lived among last dinosaurs. That's right, students of lo-fi poli-sci. A new discovery in Madagascar provides new perspective on the size of mammals in the time of the dinosaurs. Before, it was believed only mouse-sized mammals lived with our dinosaur friends. But this new discovery provides evidence of a mammal the size of a cat. As scientists describe this mammal as being a badger-like creature. The implications. How dare you, BBC and anyone else, call this majestic mammal the mother of mammals, the cute and cuddly, the warm and fuzzy badger-like creature who defeated the meat-eater with a dinosaur feature? A crazy beast? Now that's some bias for you, lo-fi nation. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Please write in with your questions, comments, and requests for countries for our news segments or a top 10 global list that you want to see at lofipolysci at planetmail.com. That's lofi, L-O-F-I, poly, P-O-L-I, sci, S-C-I, at planetmail.com. Let me say thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, wash those hands, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Lo-Fi Poli-Sci Podcast. Pickering, signing off.